Abolition. Abolition. As Election Day results rolled in, it took a while for the man who helped spearhead ballot measures in five U.S. states to realize what he and others had accomplished. It really didn't sink in at first. You know, I was just going through the processes. Max Parthas heads the Abolish Slavery National Network. Peace and welcome to Abolition Today. It hit him when he recorded his weekly radio show. It's just so unbelievable. The 2022 journey for slavery abolition has reached its amazing conclusion. Voters in four of the five states overwhelmingly said slavery and involuntary servitude should be prohibited even as punishment for crime. The so-called exclusion clause of the 13th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution outlawing slavery still permits forced labor in prisons. For instance, you may have a prison guard who decides that uh, if a person doesn't want to work, they're going to put them in a hole for 30 days. Well, that's now illegal. And until we start to hold people accountable for that, they're going to continue to do it. This has been going on for 157 years. And most people don't even know that it, it exists. Curtis Davis did countless jobs in a Louisiana prison while serving a sentence for second-degree murder. His conviction was eventually overturned. For him, saying no to work was not an option. For me, it's about a dignity issue, about treating people with human decency. I knew it was wrong because it's inhumane. His state, because of a dispute over wording, was the only one of the five not to approve a slavery measure during this election. Eight U.S. states, including Colorado, have outlawed slavery in its entirety. But that doesn't mean forced labor will stop in all these places right away. It will be up to courts, Parthas says, to stop the practice of coercing prisoners to work under threat of sanctions or loss of privileges, a reality that's ongoing. It's okay to uh, have laws and constitutional amendments, but without a public opinion and a government willing to enforce those laws, they're a mockery. Slavery will be on the ballot in more states in coming years. The ultimate goal of abolitionists is a new federal amendment that bans slavery in whatever form for good. It's going to be a process. A process that's now achieved new momentum. Hendrick Sabrandi, CGTN, Denver. When they try to move in, you know what you must do, right? Coming out the room, whether the sun or the moon, it is safe to assume that we've been well groomed. In the village of platoon, drum signal out the boom, on test you get doomed, we the... Here's a demonstration show, put the arrow to the bow, strategy to the bow, victory, see it glow, and we take the winner lap around the river, and we back, only God allowed that, we the... Show off with the mask that is now worn, devil man look around, say it's war torn, what do you know about the secrets bestowed and the stories we told, we the... Action, spiritual or physical, closer to the mystical, ancestor visit you, what's in your ear, and you can hear clear, you know, we're moving out when the moon shines, and lay out in the sunshine. More time, well, it's now slime. Escape the rule, we the jewel, we the... See our women, they the big boss. And the men, see they keep course. Quickly, we moving. Slick target, grooving. Africa, all Africa, we about to blow like a harmonica, we about to show you that everything you sold is living and breathing and coming right back at you, ah listen, everything circular, beginning with end of us, I can tell by the look in your face when you look in our eyes that you really just scared of us, 
The new breed coming down that mountain. We ain't afraid of no tin. Fuck all that slating. Hey, this ain't Hollywood, this ain't a movie, ain't cool, ain't cut. We cut in the front of the old system, so if you ain't with us, then you better run. Back up, what's the car for the car for shots? We didn't do breed and we really don't care. We stop and tick off and come hit the block. Glowing for the world to see Your insecurities not concerning me I mean, God is a woman, that's my firm belief And they wanna burn it down to the third degree Grab a hold of the locks and insert the key How many leaders does it take to be free? Don't wanna be Jack trying to get out the box She'll be stuck in there if you don't know how much it's all cost Whoa, many layers is what's underneath Look a little closer, I promise I'm more than you see Please don't tell me you're different, I know I'm more than unique Self love and the weed is all that I need Never sew up, I don't know the feet My heritage comes from royalty That crown's a throne, the gold change More pain and nothing's changed Filling chains, which one of you politicians wanna be stepping in and up in a bad space? Step in my ring, you better know it's a sad day. Fuck trying to dismiss myself, I'll kick you out the damn place. Make them go missing, won't even leave a damn trace. Give me your best thing and I'll tell you that's a waste. I've been investing in my shit from day. Use the lies, you say it ain't great. Go. You just heard China Global Television News Network's news clip with Henrik Sibrandi on January 8, 2023. And that was followed by James BKS, New Breed, featuring Q-Tip, Idris Elba, and Lil Sims. Peace and welcome to Abolition Today, a weekly syndicated online radio program with a specific focus on modern slavery as it is practiced through the 13th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution and by for-profit prisons worldwide. We air live every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 Central, 5 Pacific, uh, 5 Mountain, and 4 Pacific. Live streams and archives podcasts are available at abolitiontoday.org and on all major streaming platforms. My name is Yusuf Hassan. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Max Parthis. Peace, Max. Peace, Yusuf. I'm here at the Paul Cuffey Abolitionist Center in Sumter, South Carolina, and thinking, man, we kicked in the door. <laughs> the yeah. new breed in January yeah, when we started. 20... We started on a big roll. That's right. Season four theme, the new breed. Right. From beginning to end. Uh, we just had our last guest representing the new breed a couple of weeks ago with Amanda and Ophelia. Exactly. New Hampshire. So last week we presented the hella loud and hella influential 2023 pro-slavery perspective. As a matter of fact, uh, for that episode, we let you hear something that, or, uh-oh, Sorry about that. Let's do a retake. We're going to have to rewind on that one. All right. (laughs) 
So we presented a hella loud and hella influential 2023 pro-slavery perspective. And you heard all kinds of arguments that were put forward about keeping slavery legal. And I know people will say, well, nobody would argue in favor of keeping slavery legal. Well, tell them abolition today said yes, they have and they will. We brought the receipts last week. So make sure you go check out that episode in the archives. This week, we wrap up for the year for our final live episode of 2023. We'll do a year in review, count our accomplishments, and look toward the new breed with the class of 2024. The 16 states and D.C. are set to shake the nation even more than we did in 2020, 2022, and 2023. So tonight we want you to call in and join us at 515-605-9814. Remember to press 1 on your dial so you can be entered into the call queue. Tell us about your favorite episodes and tracks. Let's talk about the work and how far we've come in so little time and how far we've got to go. And, of course, it's going to be blazing hot music, amazing spoken word, and eye-opening speeches. We're taking out the year with a big bang and a deep bow. So before we jump into it, Max, how was your week? And, uh, yeah, that opening track, brother. <laughs> yeah, the week was... It was normal for Casapathus, <laughs> of course. You know, we <laughs> constantly getting the jobs done out here to move this thing forward. But that first track, yeah, that's how we started 2023. That was from January. Uh, we had just come in on this amazing, historic, epic win, uh, mm-hmm. never before seen in this country. Five right. states on the ballot, four of them passed, only the deep, dark South refused to give up slavery. It, it was like the stuff of fairy tales and storybooks, you know what I mean? History is going to be writing about us doing that. And then we said, well, we're going to do it even bigger and better. And we organized states all across the country and organizers, and we started introducing this new breed throughout the years. So right. that was the theme, the new breed. These are the people who are going to change this country. It's, you know, These are the extraordinary individuals standing up and saying, I'm going to get this done. If I can't do nothing else, I'm going to get this done. Get this we are going to end slavery in this state. And it's been amazing to see it. Uh, you and I talked earlier, and we were trying to count how many guests had come in. It was like nearly a couple dozen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah like we've we had, had quite a, bunch a few. Of states, quite bunch a bunch of states come in as the new breed and represent. It was awesome. So, yeah, if that's how we started 2023. Wait till you see 2024. Right around the corner, before you know it. A mm-hmm. uh, couple of anniversaries I want to uh, send out. A happy belated wedding anniversary to Ohio State organizer Gina Kenny. We missed her on the 10th. Also on October 10th, happy belated birthday to the Hood candidate Andy Williams. He was a 2020 presidential candidate who ran on an abolition, slavery abolitionist platform. So definitely want to shout them out. And He's then also, running this year, too. Oh, so he's on for 2024 as well. Okay, we got to yes. got to make sure you get him back on so he can uh uh oh, make yeah. that announcement and hopefully Mark Charles will be running again as well, you know, hopefully. So, I also want to point out on October 20th, so that's uh 
two days ago in 1669, the Virginia Colonial Assembly enacted a law that would remove criminal penalties for enslavers who kill enslaved people resisting authority. The assembly justified the law on the grounds that the, the obstinacy of many enslaved people cannot be suppressed by other than violent means. The law provided that an enslaver's killing of an enslaved person could not constitute murder because the premeditated malice element of murder could not be formed against one's own property. And this was formerly known as the Casual Killing Act of 1669 that was uh, enacted on October 20th, 1669. Max? Yeah, we did a whole show about the Casual Killing Act because it's being repeated right now uh, with Mm -hmm. the 1,200 or so people a year that the police kill in the United States effectively a genocide if you look at it over the course of time. Um, you know, how many bodies they've dropped. And that's just counting the police. It's like you can get away with anything. And it doesn't matter what you do or what you're accused of. Simple things like uh, a tag expired or not having one light in your rear lights could cost you your life. And please walk away scot-free with it. There's been some sacrifices along the way, but only when we rise up and demand it in mass. Because normally that's not how it works. I think there's like, out of all the killings that police have done, there's like 2% of them who have been convicted. Which is just crazy thinking about that. And you can refer back to the Casual Killing Act of 2020, Season 1, Episode 9, where we did a full breakdown and comparison between 1669 and 2020. Right. And also told you where it came from. Um, the Casual Killing Act was put into play. Uh, to protect white women who were killing mixed babies and black babies, like literally murdering them. Uh, the whole right. stories of alligator bait, gator bait and stuff like that, where they would feed them to alligators, that, that's what was happening. It's just crazy you know, thinking about Their that. husbands was rapists, raping their slaves and talking about it was consensual. <laughs> you know, if you do that in prison, they put you in prison, right? Right. <laughs> Because <laughs> it can't possibly be consensual. Yeah, so we covered that. We covered a lot of things this year, man. We dropped some bombs, too. Um, yeah. We definitely dropped some bombs. We're going to share a few of them here tonight. Uh, things that you won't hear anywhere else. Because we're the only ones that's doing something like this, like consistently uh, doing something like this. And we've been doing more than just kicking ass and taking names. <laughs> I was looking at some of the accomplishments we made over the year, man. It's just amazing. Uh, Since we began here, uh, Mm -hmm. we've had 228 unique episodes. And trying to figure out which is your favorite is, like we were saying earlier, like trying to decide which of your kids is your favorite because they all kind of stood out on their own, you know? Exactly. We had uh, over 456 hours of in-depth content. Not counting the research that went into all of that. I mean, we, we this is like university education you're getting here. Right. 456 hours of in-depth content. Just on blog talk radio alone, we've had 25,000 listeners. Not counting, because we're on, we're on a lot of other podcasts, uh, right. simul, simulcasts. So we don't know what we're doing on Spotify. I don't know what we're doing on uh, Apple Podcasts, on Stitchers, but on 
Blog Talk, we got 25,000 listeners. I know we heard on at least five continents. Uh, we were ranked number one in the 10 best slavery podcasts you must follow in 2023 from Feedspot. Shout out to Feedspot. That's awesome. <laughs> number one. Right. Uh, we were ranked one of the top most popular shows out of 3,190,849 podcasts globally from Listen Notes. So Listen Notes is like, y'all are some badasses. Yeah. <laughs> Three million. <laughs> wow. You know, we got a five-star review from Apple Podcasts, um, and we've only been on there for about a year now, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we uh, simulcast, that I know of, we're simulcast on 26 global platforms, 26 so far. All the major podcast uh, outlets has Abolition Today on it. Um, we were ranked position number 115 in the category of education in the United States out of half a million podcasts. We were 115. So half a million others. And we're like, yeah, <laughs> look at us. <laughs> you know, Cause we was, right. we've been dropping the knowledge, man. Providing right. an education. What do you call it? A master class in slavery abolition? That's you know, right. Uh, past and present. We've been fulfilling the mission statement of the Paul Cuffey Abolitionist Center by providing this information, um, which is our sponsor, or one of our sponsors. We were ranked position number 65 in the category of education in Singapore. Remember we was talking about that before. I was a little shocked, like Singapore? And then right. I found out that 93% of the population listens to daily podcasts. That's their thing in Singapore. They listen to podcasts. So wow. that's amazing right there. <laughs> uh, we've had weekly listeners from, and not excluded to, the U.S., Canada, Germany, Belarus, Australia, and Nigeria. So uh, that's half a dozen there is a lot more other countries that have been tuning in, people in those countries, just not necessarily weekly. Um, and, you know, we're the one of a kind. <laughs> we're the only podcast right. that consistently covers modern legal slavery as it is practiced under the 13th Amendment in the United States and by for-profit prisons worldwide. Others might dibble and dabble into it, or they might talk around it, but we're the go-to. As a matter of fact, I was speaking with Dennis Evo, who is the new lead organizer for the Abolish Slavery National Network, and he was saying, we're going to make abolition today the voice of the ASNN. Which is what I was saying all along. But it's funny you mentioned that because I was you know, listening to one of our archives the other day on Spotify, and there was a button that said, find other podcasts like this. And I clicked <laughs> on it. And he said, we're sorry, your search returned, no results. <laughs> so that reinforces that, the one and only podcast that yes. consistently uh, covers modern legal slavery. <laughs> yeah, it has been a hell of a run. Um, we didn't do as many episodes this year as we did last, but that's only because we had shit to do. We was all yeah. on the road. Who's out different states helping to organize um, and mm-hmm. you know getting things done, and a couple times we've had some live broadcasts from on the spot, <laughs> you know, right like in Denver, Colorado, and Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are pretty awesome too. 
Yeah, so, and then I, I missed well about six weeks, you know, due to my father's illness and eventual eventual passing. So that took a lot of time out too. Yeah, yeah, but I, you know, we 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 had it even going during then. We weren't completely off air, but for two weeks during that period, um, at one point I had to do a solo, <laughs> which was one of the better shows too. As a matter of fact, it gave me an opportunity to really drop the knowledge on the four narratives uh, surrounding. Right what we're facing in this criminal injustice system. That's right. That's right. Um, I think you mentioned that was one of your favorites earlier. Oh, yeah. The elephant. Yeah. What is it? The, and the, the blind, blind man. man and the elephant. Or the yeah, elephant the and blind, the blind man. The blind man and the elephant. Yep, exactly. Um, you know, before we get into this next track, uh, which is a, one of the bombs we dropped, uh, I want to give an opportunity for callers to say whatever they want to say. Uh, remember to press 1 on your keypad if you're already on the board so we know you have a question or comment. We really invite everybody to call in today, give a few words, mention maybe which part of the programs you've liked the best, what really moved you, some good memories and stuff like that. So remember, uh, it's 515-605-9814. That's 515-605-9814. Remember to press one on your keypad. Um, I don't see any hands up just yet. That's a lot of people on the board. But let's mm-hmm. go ahead and start introducing the first track. Uh, we was already killing it with the intro, and it's only getting better from there. Um, we've discovered a commercial that was created by the Department of Justice. And they, in this commercial, they were asking private industry globally to bring their business to our labor, meaning our prison labor. And they broke down how they wanted it. And I mean, it's just mind-blowing to listen. But as always, we want you to hear from the horse's mouth. I'm going to go ahead and get into our first track. It's going to be from April of 2023. It's the Prison Industry Partnership ad from the Department of Justice with a max mix courtesy of Destiny Child. Uh, you're listening to Abolition Today, abolitiontoday.org with Max Parthas and Yusuf Hassan. Tonight is our season four finale, and here's the bomb. Abolition, Abolition. Today. Abolition. Productivity that we've seen has exceeded what we originally expected, and it's been a pleasant surprise. I have a workforce that does not have car problems or babysitting problems, etc. They're always here and they're always willing to come to work. We are literally running 94 to 96 percent productivity every day. When we have available skilled labor, we can ramp up in a very short period of time. The situation here allows us to control our costs far more than we could in the past. It's a win-win situation for everyone. Growth is one indicator of business success, but growth is a double-edged sword. It poses challenges as well as opportunities. In tight labor markets, 
Where can you find additional workers and space for more equipment? How do you manage the ebb and flow of production? Or find additional staff for peak periods? The solution? The resources inside America's correctional facilities. Bring your business to our labor. Benefit from industrial space that is built for production. If you are looking for a dependable labor pool with diverse capabilities, look no further. A select group of energized, motivated inmates are eager to work. Partnerships between private business and the nation's correctional institutions are on the rise and have proven successful. Ample production space. Flexibility in production scheduling. These competitive advantages are helping businesses to grow nationwide. There is not enough uh, folks that will do this type of work in this country. So therefore we're bringing, bringing back this industry that historically has been going out of this country and we're putting it you know, inside the walls. And it's, it's absolutely a, a perfect idea. The work that can be performed is diverse. Manufacturing, assembly, packaging, services. Hard working and reliable, inmates show up for work every day voluntarily. Security and safety are a priority. Inmates are interviewed and hired selectively, and their work habits and institutional behavior are closely monitored to maintain a safe working environment. These partnerships between correctional industries and business owners are set up to achieve one goal, long-term business success. Escott Industries um, is a cable manufacturing organization. We manufacture cable assemblies primarily for the telecommunications industry. So I've been uh, working with the Prison uh, Industries Association for approximately five years. From a profitability standpoint, we can't ask for anything more. When we have a facility such as this, where we have available skilled labor, uh, that availability means that if we need an additional 10 to 15 to 20 individuals in a very short period of time, we can bring those individuals on overnight. We've been extremely satisfied with the inmates. Uh, any organization that is really looking to to increase uh, their operation, to expand their operation, really needs to take a good hard look at prison industries. It was one of the best moves that we've ever made. Your production is brought right inside the correctional facility. A business plan is developed to meet your production, space, and labor requirements. If you need flexibility in scheduling, or need to adjust the labor output to accommodate peaks and valleys in demand, it can be arranged. We can move materials in and out of the facility as needed. We've had no problem getting the number of inmates that we needed for the job. Uh, there are multiple applications for each job that we have. Their attention to detail uh, and their productivity uh, is really better than what we see in the civilian uh, workforce. Partnerships between correctional industries and private business are a rapidly growing segment of a multi-billion dollar industry in America. Partnerships with private companies are possible in almost every state. Qualy, which is an international company, holds a worldwide patent on a method of manufacturing furniture which is unique in the world. The inmates we have found to be far more willing to learn, by far more willing to give of himself, to improve of himself. Obviously, 
uh, when a industry is looking to relocate from wherever they are manufacturing or where they're considering to manufacture, a lot of various uh, parameters are taken into account. In respect of ourselves, uh, we did consider in relocating to China or to the Far East where labour costs are exceptionally low, but we found that in the end of the day, we had to be close to our marketplace. The decision to relocate was primarily that of a financial one. These business partnerships represent a win-win proposition. Business gains a competitive labor force, and inmates learn valuable job skills. If your business is expanding, or if you are experiencing a labor shortage, consider inmate labor. Starting a new enterprise, or bringing business back to the United States, or relocating from a foreign country, look at inmate labor. If you are investing in automation, but need additional labor to step up production, these men and women are up to the task. Bring us your business challenge. Chances are, there's a nearby correctional facility that can supply dependable labor, enhance your competitiveness, and increase your profitability. Be part of a progressive business solution. Call us for an appointment. April 23rd, 2023. That was the Prison Industry Partnership ad from the Department of Justice. Welcome back to Abolition Today, abolitiontoday.org, and our season four finale. And just all kinds of craziness that I heard in that track, Max. I mean, uh, basically boasting. They're like, look, we have 94 to 98% uh, production daily, and we can ramp up production and you know, we can all kinds of provide you with staffing during peak hours. And, of course, they had to throw the happy slave line in there, too. And they're like, these inmates are energized and motivated and up to the task. You know, mm-hmm. all of these just crazy things they were saying in that, Max. Yo, if if I could, I would provide that as evidence of crimes against humanity. Literally. In international court. This is them admitted to you exactly what they're doing. We don't have babysitter problems and we don't mm-hmm. have community problems because you got freaking prisoners. They are that prisoners. That you can force That's to work. Why. Yeah, and you exactly. can force them to work. Uh, saying this is a, uh, most people don't want to do this type of work in this country, so we're bringing it back behind the walls and it's a win win. What do you mean they don't want to do that kind of work? A little bit later, you're talking about how this is all you know, a uh, high level work that you're doing there. What you're saying is people don't want to work for free. <laughs> right. And that's what you're bringing back. So we're cheaper than China or we're cheaper than Singapore. We're cheaper right. than all these different places that pay people pennies on the, on the dollar. Uh, so yeah, stay here in America and use prison labor to help advance your industry. 
Like I said, this was a bombshell to even hear this. It's been purged from the internet, but I was able to snatch one when it first came out and download it. So if you look it up, you won't find it. And this is the type of thing that they were blaming China about doing, right? So you're talking right. about how China's got Uyghurs doing it while you've got a damn ad aimed directly at international business. Right. <laughs> wow. Yo, we right. got a hand up. Let's go ahead and bring some family up in here. 8930, you're on us with Abolition Today. What's happening? Hi, Max. Love you, Max. Hi, Yusuf. Love you, Yusuf. Hey, Corinne. Love you, too. How's it going? Sis. Yes, I just wanted to say, um, not only is this, because I'm still at season one, because I have to keep going back, because every time I'm amazed by the wisdom that you and Yusuf um, just display and willingly offer, and, um, you know, besides this professor stuff, you know, you really have taken the time um, to create and develop and mold a beautiful show, and... um, I listen to you while doing my Harvard Kennedy and, you know, my Sundays. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, thank you very thank much, you. Corinne. Thank you. Corinne is from Vermont, which was one of those five states were on the ballot and uh, one of the four that made it through. Vermont didn't just make it make it through. You know, Vermont was the granddaddy of exception clauses. That's mm-hmm. where it all began in 1777. They were the first one to introduce it, and they had three exception clauses. And then they passed their bill to just remove it all together and, you know, slavery is abolished, um, period, no exceptions. I think it was 95% turnout. (laughs) 95% of the people said, oh, hell no, to slavery. It was awesome. And a lot of it had to do with your contributions. Right after that, there's a clause in our Vermont Constitution about our right to secure happiness. So it's so beautiful that we see your right to be free from slavery, and then you have the right to secure happiness under our Vermont Constitution. It's brilliant. And, yes, Vermont did it. Um, I want to thank Yusuf for giving me the real knowledge about how important it is to live like a slavery abolitionist because, you know, Ben and Jerry's was supporting the imprisonment of um, Susanna, and I was like, oh, I'm eating Ben and Jerry's, and he made it very clear as a professor and strong teacher that you're a, you're a slavery abolitionist, and I was like, oh, yeah, you're right, and as much as I want my Victoria bombshell bra, I have to remember what they did, and, you know, so I just, this is a remarkable show, <laughs> so thank you again, because they not only, you know, listen, and you can listen and understand, but um, they teach you how to live it in small ways, um, get you Curtis's book, and I also want to thank you guys for introducing me to um, Alfred Woodfox. I would have never even known this Albert man existed. Woodfox, yes. Albert, mm-hmm. Albert, yes, sorry. Yes, yes. You know, I heard that his book, though, I heard that his book was the number one book in Algola. So and I was like, I gotta go on. Um, maybe it's fighting with Curtis's spot for number one book, but <laughs> I gotta go on Walmart.com yep. and get it. But um, I just want to thank you guys for, because I'm just a girl in Vermont, and this is stuff that I never, in our world, is we don't have this like humongous prison industry because we send us to Mississippi. So, but to know that what's mm-hmm. happening like our places. Yes. And I saw it in Texas while I was going to the Beyonce concert, people getting um, released from prison and going on the bus. Cause I had a situation where I had to take the bus, but I saw it in Texas a lot. And I was like, wow. And bail bondsmen stuff that I hear on the show and to see with my eyes in Texas was crazy. And I was like, wow, what they talk about is real life and even we you might live a sheltered life or a, a 
privileged life doesn't mean that there's another life that's happening that's destroying your own citizens. And I'm just, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, much love, much love. Thank you, Corinne. And, and to yeah, the rest of so our much. callers, remember to press one and throw your hands in the air. Wave them like you just don't I care. Just don't care. <laughs> you know, we want to hear from as many of us, our, our fans, friends and family, as we can tonight. This is our season four finale. We're going out with a bang. And we want to hear about your memories and experiences. And, okay, there we uh, go. All along. It looked like D.C. Right. right there. D.C. in the house. That, that, that might be Sarah. Maybe. It might be. It's Sharon Smith. Oh, Sharon. Oh, what's happening? That's right. Sister Sharon? Hey, Sharon. Sharon is one yeah. of our team members for Abolition Today, uh, along with Sean yeah. and Jeanette Smith, uh, that yeah. make us get this done every week. How's it going, uh, Sharon? And what memories do you want to share? Oh, man. So you asked an impossible question, like, share <laughs> your favorite episodes and your favorite two. And I was like, how are we right. going to ask a question? Right. <laughs> but I thought about it. And, you know, some of the shows that were most inspiring to me were the shows where we had um, – incarcerated individuals calling in and, and, and hosting and co-hosting the show. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, like oh, for we, sure. We had just recently with the brother called in who was right. uh, from Louisiana and shared his experience about being a minor uh, incarcerated yeah. as a child. Yep. Right. Yeah. Life without parole. Yeah. That, that was, that was one of my favorites yeah. too, uh, Sharon. You know, right. uh, that was the Children of Perdition. And Ooh. his name was, uh, I know his last name was Wynn. I believe his first name was Terrence, if I mm-hmm. if I can remember correctly. Terrence Wynn. And mm-hmm. he gave his, we got a, like, in-depth, first-hand knowledge of what they were going through. Mm-hmm. When, you, you know, as children, I was getting sentenced to life without parole. And then all of a sudden you see a case come through and now juveniles can no longer get the death penalty. He said that gave them some hope. Then there was another case that came through and now uh, non-capital cases can't get life without parole. And that gave them even more hope. And then there was the uh, where it had to be a certain type of hearing had to be held in order to give them life without parole and then when it became retroactive that's what freed him and that's what freed many others once it was made retroactive we're hoping and praying that 10-2 eventually becomes retroactive because we can't forget the 1500 plus people in louisiana that are still like you know, incarcerated cole. yeah like alonzo cole and many others down there mm-hmm. where they're stuck in prison for the rest of their life sentenced by a non-unanimous jury and Mm -hmm. the U.S. Supreme Court said that their convictions were unconstitutional and based on race, but they're not going to do anything about it. So we we still think about them. Well, Sharon, you've definitely been uh, down with us from the beginning here, and uh, I know it's hard hard to pick it. Day one. one. (laughs) Yeah, day one. You were <laughs> instrumental, uh, highly instrumental in the construction of and establishment of the Paul Cuffey Abolitionist Center. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, yes. You were here with yes. me when it was just 
a building with a bunch of old tires and trash in it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. 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 No doubt. I'm down. All right. I'm down. For the, down for the for the, for the duration. I think I missed maybe one show, no two, because the day I was driving from uh, Asheville to to Nashville, there was just no way I was going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And we've worked and side by side, bringing the Quaker mm-hmm. community on board with this to rebuilding those ties of abolitionists and Quakers, and now it's flourishing. It, you know, it's very few. Quakers yeah, in the South that don't know about this. Them. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's taken a while, mm. but yes. But yes. yeah, I, I appreciate that. Know. I appreciate that I'm memory because you're right. We will always have an open door policy for those who have been directly impacted, even if you have to call in through contraband telephones like we've done on many occasions. Many occasions. <laughs> yeah. Mhm. Yeah. Mhm. I was explaining that uh, to my grandson uh, earlier today, you know, about the, you know, what 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 are the consequences for prisoners who have contraband phones, or what 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 kind of punishments do they receive if they are found to be organizing other prisoners and doing mm-hmm. abolitionist work inside? Mm. Um, yeah, it's a hell of a price. Yeah. Hell of a price yeah, to yeah. pay. Yeah, people's got life sentences for this. We're so empowering, you know, to have the brothers on um, on the air. Awesome, awesome. Well, we got another yeah. caller here too. Let me bring them in. Um, yeah, I think you know this course, person kind of. Yeah, I know this kind of well. Tribal Rain, aka Mrs. Pothis. <laughs> hey, baby. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, everybody. Oh, so annoying. <laughs> 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 Rain is my ride or die. Everywhere I've been, she's been right alongside us, doing it all, all the work, playing her roles. Uh, so, any Always. favorites from you? Uh, Travel's even <laughs> giving me music, like on occasion, because she see me in here getting my heads in, into it. You know what I mean? And she'll suggest different music, and I've used quite a few of them. She's got a good taste in music, not so much in oh, personality, but music. Yes. <laughs> What's uh, <laughs> that? Uh, killing strangers, woman, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Marilyn, Marilyn Manson. Manson. Yeah, it's a great song. Unfortunately, the guy who sing it is a molester. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, uh, what, what was some I of your favorites? I don't really have a favorite. I think my favorites would be several, and it's always when. It's done here at the Paul Cuffey Center, ah, and we have live guests yeah. surrounding. Yes. Yeah. Yes, always. Yeah. I, I kind of uh, like the bouncing of ideas back and forth during the show. I love the food that you make for us. Live, and there's several people in the recording world. Yeah, I love the food you make for us. <laughs> Tribal love Tribal. to be people. <laughs> she doing that forever, making a, yes. a providing the community with food. Yeah, it's you nourish the mind, I'll nourish the body. Definitely hard to pick ahead, a Jay. favorite. Um, but yeah, <laughs> having, having people here at the PCAC and making use of the facility is always a pleasure. 
Right. Always. So, Therefore. We we got to do that because with John. Because you have more than Nipple. more than uh, just the one idea bouncing back and forth. You get several perspectives. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, I'm gonna keep everybody's mic open. Uh, so when we go into tracks, just mute yourself. Uh, but you'll be able to just participate as you feel like it. And I want to bring one more person in. Uh, Two seven seven six. I think that's How from do I San Antonio. Yes, sir. How you doing? Uh, Clarence, right? Clarence from San Antonio? Yeah. All right. Hello, everyone. What's up, Clarence? Hello. What's going on, brother? I'm so happy that uh, y'all are still on the air. I thought for a while there the show was going to go down. Uh, I've been (laughs) here with with, uh, Max since uh, Scotty T. Reed was popping out on the show. Wow, Mm -hmm. that's a throwback there. It's been a few years. Yeah. yeah, a long time ago. A lot of shows I've seen. Oh yeah, uh, I, what he's talking about is uh, before doing Abolition Today, where I was able to become the executive producer and do things the way I want to do them, which I've been dying to do for years. I had worked with another brother uh, and, and another station, and for seven years we did the same type of format yeah. where we talked about this issue. So I'm coming in into the end of my tenth year of doing this. On a weekly broadcast. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, we can wait back. Yusef, much love. I'm sorry to hear about your father, Yusef. Stay strong, brother. Stay strong. Thank you. I appreciate that. I really do. Word, man. You know, I, I wasn't going to play this, <laughs> but I, the mood has moved me. I was ready to you, put you, this you on the chopping to. block, but the mood moves me, uh, especially following up on the following the track we just heard. Uh, uh-huh. So what I want to do is go into another track we played in April. I think it was part of that show, um, and it's called uh, – it's two parts. One is Except for Me, uh, featuring an assistant by the name of Britt from Worth Rises. Worth Rises is the organization that handles the federal amendment efforts that we're putting forth to bring in the 28th Amendment. Uh, they're also responsible for a lot of the murals that are going up across the country about the 13th Amendment like the one in Galveston, Texas, and now one was just released out in um, Atlanta, Georgia, just last month. So it starts with a testimony from Britt, and then it goes into one of my favorite tracks that we played throughout the year, which is, mm-hmm. which is Jesse Jett's Amendment 13, Homo Detritus. You're listening to Abolition yes. Today, abolitiontoday.org, and we'll be right back after this. Abolition, Abolition. Today. America would have to make a different choice to choose to care about people's humanity versus profit. My name is Brittany White. I go by Britt. Before I went to prison, I was a regular 23-year-old living in Atlanta, going to church making money every day to figure out how to party and just enjoy my youth in the city. I was incarcerated in the state of Alabama for five years. When I was incarcerated and I was community status working at Burger King, the state of Alabama would take 60% of my check because I was the property of the state of Alabama. Burger King was aware that we were incarcerated and they knew much of that money would never reach us. And I went without for that entire time I was locked up. But my labor 
was something that was constant. So many people have their hand in the cookie jar and continue to profit off of my body, my labor, the body of women I left behind in their labor. Coming home, I just had such a deep sense of urgency to do something and to tell people about what I had experienced. And I'm an organizer to my very bones and it makes me feel amazing because this is what I'm gonna be doing for the rest of my life. People I love are denied parole and kept in prison because their physical beings equal capital for so many wealthy people in America. It would mean everything to me to end the exception that is currently in our 13th Amendment because the consequences could mean that so many people I love could possibly come home. The 13th Amendment abolished slavery except for me. Let's pass the abolition amendment and end the exception. And you don't stop. Just push through and you don't stop. Broken and bruised, you don't stop. Coughing up fluid, you don't stop. All right, fresh from the mines that brought you King Midas. Sign of the times, call me homo detritus. Karma's a beast and its fleas make a plague look childish. Are we home of the brave or the best or the brightest? None of the above, and my answer's as final as one wrong look at one of Brooklyn's finest. Now Barack was a real class act, spent a lot to the Hague so stylish. Where he could perch on a warlord's throne, made a little-known Middle East drone violence. Buddy, they were logging mileage while you and your smartphone were both on silent. Too busy hailing Barack as a well-spoken token that prejudice was dead and American woken up when all along our bigotry was thriving. In a rising red vitriolic tide so thick that it is binding, like a contract of slavery they gave us in writing. Loophole amendments that lay on their minds and then go into hiding. So they can legislate slaves to a 20 cent wage if they're on the inside. The road isn't long, it is wide, and there's not much winding. They just lead you to a lifetime of small crime, bring you back and put you in a line, doing sweatshop labor for a couple fucking dimes. And you can spend your whole life here being beaten by a staff of steroid gym at white nationals. Do it all for Nike, buddy. Do it for the capital. Do it for the guards so they'll treat you like an animal. Do it when you're sick or you're sore because you have to. Do it so the prison shareholders can roll in their dough and remodel their bathrooms with walk-in showers that might be a little bit bigger than the cell where you spend 20 hours of your 24, maybe more. They don't count it anymore. They just need you well enough to move a product out the door. They just got a marble countertop and untiled floors. Heated bucket seats on a bidet that you help them afford But they won't lift a finger if your warden goes overboard Makes your common area unspoken COVID ward Lets you intermingle like he hadn't really done before Now there's a lot of pits dug up in the yard all numbered And he still won't tell you what the number's for But it's gotta be a warning Probably the kind that you might need thunder for When the realization strikes They've been grouping you tight And restricting your time outside It won't take a genius to link it To all of the coughing that's keeping you up every night So if you can't abide slaves I'll state the case plain A prisoner shares the same rights And your tax dollars are lining the pockets
of those who ensure that the luxuries of medicine and showers are consistently denied. And you can spend eight years if you're black because you burned up a trash can, but you won't see any time if you rape when you're young and you're white. And in five years' time, that white rapist guy gets a job as a guard where he finds a new prey to dehumanize. And it's ingrained as a part of our system of justice so deeply that it's not scrutinized. And if we're talking capital punishment, all of these assholes with bludgeons who call themselves justice could probably be euthanized. Rather than giving them 70 humans to supervise, torture, and brutalize. Sensitivity training can't teach you the value of human life. It's a message that's basic. Our nature is shaped it and culture is born out of breaking it down and then seeing it crucified. I feel like I'm watching every day with exponentially more lucid eyes. Till I'm drooling out my cheek and down my side and my eyes with the dullest shade of overdose white. When just a dose of reality hits like an overdose might. Gross mentality that keeps this country going Makes you wonder why we're keeping it alive And we don't stop Just push through and you don't stop Coughing up fluid, you don't stop Guards gang rape you and you don't stop They take your commissary, you don't stop Your mother's being buried, you don't stop When nothing is forgiven, you don't stop When life's not living, you don't stop you just push through and you don't stop Cough it up slow and you don't stop Got gang rape you and you don't stop Broken ass rules you don't stop They take your commentary and don't stop You better be in pain you don't stop When nothing is forgiven you don't stop When life's not living you don't stop You just push through and you don't stop Cough it up slow and you don't stop Abolition Today Today you just heard Except for Me by Brit, and that was part of a Worth Rises uh, campaign that they had called Except for Me. You can check out Worth Rises at worthrises.org and also their Twitter page, Worth Rises, where you can see various videos of people that they used during that campaign. And that Jesse Jet uh, Amendment 13, Homo Detritus, like, I felt every word of the song, especially during his outro. Like you could tell, like you could just feel it. You know, if if you're human, you know, if you're human, if you're someone that has a pro-slavery argument, then you're like, yeah, this guy is crazy. And it's just amazing because it's like when you're listening to these songs, and it's like, man, you're bopping to them and everything, you're getting into the groove, and then when you start reflecting on the lyrics, it just starts pissing you off, Max. Oh, breaking your heart. Um, right. Yeah, especially coming on the heels of that bombshell that we played earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesse Jett's song really stands out, one of my favorites that we played this yeah. year. Yeah. Uh, we sh- that's another thing that's unique about us um, is that we do show a lot of love for this underground work that you normally wouldn't hear, which is incredible. But mm-hmm. mainstream media doesn't want to play things like that. Because the fingers point in their directions very often. But we got nothing but love for y'all. So you can always send your stuff here at uh, Abolition Today. And if it fits the criteria and it's quality work, we'll play it. Um, Because we want people to hear you. You know, Uh, there's a lot more to talk about than what we are hearing on mainstream media. 
And this issue sure. should be at the top of the list. So we've got a lot of wonderful tracks at Abolition Today's YouTube page. Uh, remember, raise your hands in the air like you just don't care by pressing 1 uh, to celebrate with us and a one-year memory lane of mm-hmm. Abolition Today as we close it out for the year. Uh, do any of our callers have any comments to make about the song or, or uh, anything that we're discussing? Remember to re- unmute yourself because yeah. we've been. <laughs> and you can just jump right in if you have something to say. Can you hear me? Yes. yes. Clarence. I'm scared. I'm scared <laughs> of messing up. What do you, you mean? Know what I mean? <laughs> Go ahead, brother. You got it, man. Because. It's, it's a late so day, much. so I'm not gonna pull, I'm not gonna I'm yeah. not gonna chop anybody's head off tonight. Don't and, worry about and, it. And I'm not trying to give you no disclaimers or nothing like that. So do your thing. <laughs> Go ahead, brother. You're free to speak how you want to speak. I just think we need to dream more, brother, brothers, sisters. Mm-hmm. We need to dream, and we need to manifest those dreams because. We control the matrix with our irrational fear. A lot of times the fear is real. But if you have a a dream, a common dream that the ancestors did with Ma'at, where they had seven principles, truth, justice, righteousness, order, balance, harmony, and reciprocity, everyone celebrated one of those seven principles for every day of the week. They had they had common meditation. We need to return to that. We need we need to have better dreams for ourselves. I I understand, fam. I understand. Um, but you know how I am. One step at a time for me. We don't even know what freedom is. We've never really had it, and I'm trying never to get that. <laughs> yeah, trying to get that at least. From there, we can dream with a mind that knows what it's like to be free, to not have to worry about murderous cops trying to kill you or stop you at every opportunity to exploit you and extort you, or not have to worry about school. Like I said, our our irrational fear can enslave us, because even though those are real things that can happen, until they happen, they shouldn't affect our, our... freedom but it it has no choice because if you don't know what freedom is and you've never tasted you can't dream outside that box everybody everybody knows what freedom is we could we could have a better understanding i think everybody knows what freedom is very simple thing the child knows what freedom is uh i got another caller that's saying let me in All right, I'm let sorry, me see I'm if sorry, I got the. Man. Oh, it's okay, brother. We got we got a bunch of people calling in today, so yeah. let's go ahead and bring uh, them in. Remember to press do... one if you're in the queue. Five one five six zero five nine eight one four. Press one so your hand can be raised, and we know you want to get on. Is that our sister? That's our sister. I believe right that here. is bring Jamelia Land. Jamelia Land's new breed too, a California. It's me. Can you hear me? We hear <laughs> yes, you. we can hear you, Jamelia. Uh, welcome back to Abolition okay, so, Today. Thank you. Pardon the noise in the background. I'm in Oakland at Edgerton Jones Barbecue. Um, 
but I was over here and I was I was listening to the brother. And first and foremost, I want to say greetings, brother. Thank you for being here and uh, joining in on this conversation. Um, but I, I have to, you know, I, I have to say that um, dreaming is a wonderful thing, but we cannot allow the reality and the facts of our current existence to negate the truth. And that is um, freedom. Freedom is not something that we have ever truly known, whether it be physical, mental, emotional, financial. Um, And so to, to dream is a wonderful thing, but it's just like faith without work is dead. And mm-hmm. so we have to continue. We have to continue to push, push a very hard line. Yes, children know a certain level of freedom, but even then, they are confined to the realm of the parameters that their parents or society places upon them. So the truth of the matter is, is that freedom is a construct that, until we break down those barriers that have confined us and relegated us to the dark corner of subhuman existence, we, we all we're doing is really having conversation. Um, and so I, I do respect and appreciate your perspective, um, but I think that we must be mindful when we are having these conversations about what it really truly looks like, you know, because you have people such as Max, Yusuf, myself, and so many others that have embarked on this journey around the country in order to actually attain a certain level of freedom, even then we are talking about ending legalized constitutional slavery, which at the end of the day, you know, those are words on a piece of paper once we're successful in doing so, but how do we actually undo what has socially been constructed to relegate us to those dark corners of subhuman existence? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I feel, I feel where you're coming from, but we, have, we, we also have to be careful in how we have these discussions, right? Because in doing so, we are also perpetuating some of those same ideologies that have helped mm. keep us confined. Mm. Yes. Mm. Thank you. Ooh, Thank you, preaching. Jamelia. You know, I would like to share <laughs> yeah. a story. I would like to share a story of freedom uh, by a brother named Leonard Cure. Uh, Leonard Cure was doing life in prison. And in 2020, thanks to the Innocence Project, he was exonerated. He had he was wrongfully convicted and was doing all of this time for a crime he had never committed. 16 years of being in prison. Now, he certainly wasn't free. He certainly wasn't guilty. He was just snatched, like so many of us are. And after 16 years, he got to feel freedom. He even got a settlement of almost $900,000. And then three years later, a policeman pulls him over, a sheriff deputy pulls him over in southern, southeastern Georgia's Camden County and killed him. So he thought he was free. And then three years later, the slave catchers show up to show that nobody's free in this country. You could all get it. Right. If I could kind of piggyback on that, Max, right? Because that's that's a very powerful testimony. Um, and something else that the brother said that I wanted to touch on real quick, right, is that until these things happen to you, um, essentially we we shouldn't we shouldn't feel or think a certain type of way. Um, and I have to disagree with that, right? 
because if it shouldn't have to happen to you in order for you to be able to recognize that these things do in fact happen and that they are happening on a large scale. That brother, I can only imagine the trauma that he sustained on being wrongfully incarcerated, right? And then after being quote unquote freed, when he when that officer jumped behind him. I know that I got insurance, I got registration right, you know, I myself have never been incarcerated. But when I see them, I get a certain level of anxiety. My heart starts to race. Mm-hmm. My heart, you know what I'm saying? My stomach right. gets my stomach gets all nervous, right? Because I am very cognitive and aware of our existence in this place that we want to call a country, which is really a corporate capitalist society that says that my black life has no value unless I'm a commodity in an economic engine that I don't get to profit off of. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so it's like there there are so many people that are trapped in this in this system. I have a son that's currently serving three consecutive life sentences without the possibility of parole for a crime he did not commit. It's never been in dispute whether or not he committed the crime. All of the evidence, all of the testimony have said that he did not commit this crime. Does that does that mean that he still is not serving that time? Does that mean that he is not still a slave inside of this system? It is. You know what I'm saying? And so again, we have to be, we have to be very mindful and we have to be careful when we are having these types of conversations because we may actually do more injury and harm uh, with the intention of doing good. Jamelia, I got a question for you. Hello. Hello. <laughs> you you have been uh, here on abolition today over the years and your fight with California as well as member being a core member of the Abolish Slavery National Network, one of the founding members. Uh, what are some of your favorite Abolition Today moments? Oh, man, all of them. <laughs> all of them. Uh, <laughs> um, especially, you know, the conversations with the Queen of Benin. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. You know, with, uh, with, with Harriet Tubman's uh, niece. Um, you know, some of my favorite parts are the music, though. I love the music, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, and just... And just really being being able to be a part of these conversations um, and watching how, you know, we've been successful in educating people who have come on. Um, and then definitely having having those conversations with the brothers and the sisters that have been on the inside. Um, one of my favorite, most favorite episodes was when we, when we were uh, blessed with being able to talk to the women inside Tutwiler. Uh, right. A lot of times, mm. you know, we don't right. we don't have these conversations when we talk mm-hmm. about mass incarceration and, and, and prison in this country. Um, we we are not talking about the women. The women. Um, and mm-hmm. so, you know, it's just it's just always powerful to be able to have all of these collective voices at the table because we're able to humanize one another. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. These are not these are not prisoners. These are not inmates. These are human beings and that's what we have to remember right. that you know not only are we on a mission to end legalized slavery we are also on a mission to humanize us you know what I'm saying right. like regard, regardless of how many hundreds of years later we cannot forget that we live in a country that the constitution still has the, the language printed in it that says we are three fifths of a human being for purposes of representation representation of what Representation inside of a socially constructed society that says that our black lives have no value unless we are commodities. 
we can never forget that. We can't forget the foundation in which we stand. And so, you know, freedom is freedom has cost a whole lot of folks, and we still paying. While some folks are free, not all of us are free. Tell Amen to that. Uh, you know, while we on it, uh, I want to get into another track. So you know, we was we've been kicking ass, taking names with the same type of arguments. Jamelia, myself, Yusuf, Tribal, and others have taken across the country in testimony and at rallies and at events and things like that. But there was one brother that stood out for us this year, and that was Representative Knox out mm-hmm. in Louisiana. Uh, Louisiana, as we said before, the uh, Confederate holdout, refusing to give up their slave trade and slave labor. Uh, Representative Knox held it down and uh, said, you know, uh, tell the truth and shame the devil right in front of their faces. And I want to play his testimony about HB 211 from May 9th uh, in Louisiana. This is Representative Knox, and you're listening to Abolition Today, abolitiontoday.org. We got a bunch of family and friends here on us today, with us today, and we're closing out the new breed of 2023. We'll be right back after this. Abolition today. My concern when it comes to this issue, one of slavery, that we are trying to thread the needle in any way we can to come up with a red herring to keep it in a constitution. And for that, I'm confused, I'm perplexed, I'm concerned, I'm disgusted, and I'm a little angry about it. And let me tell you why. I served in the United States Marine Corps Infantry, served in combat. And I know for a fact that there are tens of thousands of men and women who have served in the U.S. military. There's tens and thousands of men and women who serve in the Louisiana State National Guard. And for them to be able to hear what I'm hearing, that some members of this body, for whatever the reason may be, and for whatever justification, they want to retain something that's so ugly and so disgusting about this state as it relates to slavery and conflate it with something to justify their own, their own sense of, of reasoning. And I, I've, I've met these people, I've met my colleagues, I've spoken with them one-on-one, I've seen them in movement, I've seen them in action, and I submit that I maintain these are good and decent people. And for me, as someone who suffers from the scars of combat, for me as an African American who has to sit here as an elected official to hear these good and decent people as I see them come up with reason after reason to justify why we should keep something like this in the Constitution. It's beyond me. Whether it's symbolic or not, it seems to me that we would want to do anything that we can to show that what happened historically isn't something we want to reflect as a state and as a nation. It seems to me that good and decent people would want to take that stand. Whatever the issue may be with this bill, and I'm hearing and I'm receiving that there are some, there's no doubt in my mind that it can be worked out. But the fact of the matter is what you're trying to do, Rep. Jordan, is to symbolically, to use the term that's been used previously, to send the message that this state recognizes the horror of this past. This state does not want that black eye, does not want that thing to continue. That's how I see it. 
as the simplest person sitting here, as the most lay person who is watching this, that's what I would take away from everything that has been said. And to see you sit there repeating yourself time and time again what this bill is not, I'm disheartened by the fact that you keep getting the same question to tie it to something that is not. So people can put at ease whatever vote that they're intending to take about this. I find that to be abhorrent. I find it to be disgusting. I find it to be outrageous, to be quite frank about it, as a combat Marine. And I'm most concerned about the men and women who serve in our military, and particularly the African men and women who serve in our military on behalf of this state and on behalf of this country who have to sit and listen to what I sit and listen to as an elected official, as an African American, and in particular as an African American male, these good and decent people, as I see them, try as best as they can to rationalize, symbolic or not, why we should retain something so hurtful, so many of our state residents. I can't, I can't phantom it. And whatever conversations we're going to have after this vote, whatever engagement I'm going to have with my colleagues after this vote, I still will engage with them. I still will think they're good and decent people. But there's no doubt in my mind that there's a different thought that I have if they think that this is okay. Because what it all comes down to, in my observation, in my impression, is that some people don't care about how other people feel in this state of Louisiana in particular. Some people are not as concerned about, as you indicated earlier, your son, your daughter, how they have to live in a state that does not want to recognize its past. I can't stand on that. And Mr. Chairman, I'm going to wrap up. But I do want to make it clear that I am embarrassed, not just for my colleagues, but for those who believe that the group of people that are most impacted, that their feelings are not taken into account. That the feelings and, and, and aspirations of their children and their children's children, that it has no regard to that. Abolition. Abolition. So you just heard Louisiana Representative Alonzo Knox speaking in support of HB 211 at the committee hearing on removing slavery and involuntary servitude from the Louisiana state constitution. And that was just such a deep, deep uh, message that he provided there. Like, look, you all just keep making up reasons to keep slavery. Why do you want to keep slavery alive in the 20, you know, in 2023? So welcome back to Abolition Today, abolitiontoday.org, if I didn't mention that. Uh, it's our season finale And Max, before we continue the uh, conversation I'm like a little kid right now Because I have a special caller calling in right now And I'm just super giddy Because it's my mom <laughs> calling in <laughs> Oh, is that 5339? So, hey, this is Mother Abolition Today right here Welcome to the show, Ma Oh, hello, thank you I just want to uh, say I've been enjoying, I've been enjoying your um, airings, and I've um, learned a lot, um, even though many things were said, but it just really is an eye-opener. It makes me more aware of what's going on 
and um, this makes me more aware of the adversity that could happen to me in case I have a run-in with a police officer or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's been truly eye-opening, and it's my prayer that you all continue your work and many doors will be open for you and you get everything passed that you would like to have passed. So, oh, God. Thank you so much. <laughs> I, Ooh, I feel like crying right now, man, because this is uh, historical. Okay. You know how much I care about history and just, well, you know, it's recorded in history that mm, my mother okay. was fully supportive of the work. You know, yes, just, I am. Yes, I am. That, Even though it's um, what's going on. It's reality of what's going on in this world. Right. You know, so <laughs> our day is coming one of these days. We'll be truly free. Amen. Amen. To that. So, <laughs> thank you. I believe Blessed that to, to be true. Yeah. Uh, thank thank you, so you so much, Mother Bowen. All right. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Man. Um, yeah, that was a treat, and I'm sure you were cheesing from ear to oh, ear right now. You know, um, to have doing something that your parents are proud of you about, and not right. only that, that affects their lives as well. Um, and these this is elders, a lot of elders tune in and are in agreement with us and listen to us like your mother, because we're telling the truth. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, it's not something that you're going to hear anywhere else, because the truth is the first casualty uh, in this type of corrupt system. And here we are telling the truth. We don't even have to remember what we said last time. That's the beauty of telling the truth. Right. (laughs) Right. Now, uh, we have all of our guests. I mean, you all heard Representative. Most of you listen all the time, so you've heard this before. But did anything stand out in the track that you just heard? Oh, that was also, by the way, accompanied by Fire on the Bayou by the Neville Brothers or the Neville Brothers. Uh, anyone have any yes. comment that they would like to make? Corinne. I do. I w- yes, I went to Louisiana for the first time via bus, but for the first time, you know, I went to Shreveport, um, and the poverty was overwhelming to notice, but the hope of the people was beautiful to see the spirit, you know. Um, uh, this is the red pill, okay? I... This, if you know, she talked about the Matrix Man, but this is the red pill for someone like me who really didn't have a connection to prison. I don't watch murder stuff. I don't do homicidal things. You know, I don't have any connection to anything prison. And Vermont is a, like a utopia. A lot of white people, but a utopia, you know. Mm-hmm. And you really don't have access to this kind of information. And I thought I was just going to be go through life as the girl in the red dress you know, black version, but, you know, <laughs> the girl in the red dress. But once I learned about this remark and Max and these weekly things that we were having to build it to make it law in my state, it does feel different in the air. You know, no one's safe. It is true what Max said. No one is safe. You know, I have a batch, you know, I studied under the attorney general, but I'm not safe. You know, the day before my 26th birthday, I was hanging out with the Supreme Court justice. I'm not safe, <laughs> you know, because it is what it is under law. And that's what we're trying to change. So I'm down for the get down. I'm also in for the work, just like you think your mother. I support the work. <laughs> Amen to that. Thank you very much, Corinne. Hey, you know, can, I, uh, can I jump in here real quick? Go ahead, Jamelia. Okay, so I want to I wanna say, uh, again, thank you for being here, sister. Um, and, I, you know, as, as, as some of y'all know, I, I just, I'm just going to come with it. 
you may not know that you've been directly connected to anything prison, but if you shop at Walmart, if you didn't ever pulled up to Starbucks and got you a caramel frappuccino, mm. um, if you if you've ever gone to McDonald's, come on, if you if you banked at Wells Fargo or Citibank mm. or any of these other places, you have in fact participated. Mm-hmm. You just didn't know it because every last one of these corporations and so many more directly benefit from prison labor. We live yes. in a we live in a country. We live in a country that slavery and, and prison labor run this country. There is absolutely no industry that you do not touch. If you have ever got on a Delta flight, if you have ever got on an American airline flight, if you have ever got on a Southwest airline flight, you have, in fact, been touched by it. So I just wanted to, to make mention of that. Jamiliana Hardcore, as always. I love it. I'm telling you. Uh-huh. You know, I, I want to share a couple of my favorite episodes. So there's two of them. Uh, mm-hmm. One is The Blind Man and the Elephant. As I said, I really wanted to get that information out there. And I think I put it out there in a good way. Uh, the other mm-hmm. one was The Blackout. Because, <laughs> oh. you know, we were getting complaints. People was complaining. Oh, you, you're too black. You're always talking about black people. Uh, everything ain't about black people. I was, I was like, you ain't seen us blackout yet. <laughs> Right, but we can, right. and we did. <laughs> oh, Black the hell out on that one, boy. <laughs> I, I I just love listening to the intro to that one because <laughs> I put yeah. extra emphasis emphasis on every time I said the word black. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, that was two of my favorites for this year. Um, hey, uh, real, and, uh, real quick, I'm sorry. Can you hear me? Yes. Can you guys hear me? Okay, so as it would be, right, I actually, I have a young man who, um, who's currently incarcerated here in the state of California. He just called in. He's not familiar with the show or anything, but I thought how appropriately a fitting, right, <laughs> that as we sit here and we talk about, uh, we talk about the prison industrial complex, we talk about ending legalized slavery, um, and, and again, for, for the young lady who just spoke, right, this young man is currently serving 50 years to life in a California prison for a crime that he did not commit. Mm. Um, and and that, that is why we continue to do the work that we do. I'm not going to disclose his name. We're going to call him uh, Mr. K. But, Mr. K, welcome to um, Tales from the Plantation. Abolition, Abolition today. today. Abolition today. <laughs> Abolition today. Um, these are, these are my, uh, my co-defendants in the movement. Max Parthas and, and Yusuf Hassan. How you doing? Nice to meet you guys. Hey, Peace, nice brother. meeting you too. Welcome. Um, this is a, a program, like you said, she described about the issues of prison for profit, the 13th Amendment, and modern day slavery. Any comments that you want to leave us with in the uh, brief time that you have? Um, a few comments. One, um, when you say modern day slavery, I find slavery I find it ironic. I currently am working a job here. Um, I work in the kitchen and I've been working in the kitchen for about six months for no payment whatsoever. I've been dealing with I've been dealing with CEOs telling me they're gonna give me a pay number every day for months just to continue to have me work there for multiple hours of a day, just to not get paid anything. So I definitely know that feeling. Second, um I'm tired, man. I want to go home. It, it, 
I'm the type of person that if I did something wrong, I'm men enough to own up to it. But sitting in a jail cell for a crime I didn't commit when I don't have no criminal history, because it, it, it breaks my heart, man. I'm tired. I want to. I, I, I want to be a father. I don't have any kids out there. I'm 28. I don't have an opportunity to have a family. I don't have an opportunity to speak for myself. It's like when you're in this place, it's like you died. It's like you're silent, and nobody cares. It has to be. It has to be public news, or the story got to be big for people to care. But once you're, once you're sentenced and you're in these walls, people disappear out of your life. It's like you died and you don't matter anymore. And I, I just want to go home, man. I, I'm. It's so this call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. There's so much I want to do, and I feel like my life was just stripped, stripped from me. And if nobody's out there talking about what I'm going through. The, the problem's not aware and nobody cares. You know, I just, I just want to get back to my family, man. I don't, I don't have in here. It's it's hard to pull hope, especially when you feel like no one's out there listening to you. So I just, I just want to get home, man. I, I want to get home. It, it's a lot to deal with here. I got to deal with people trying to convince me to do things I'm not into. People trying to convince me to put my hands on other people, drugs. I'm just not, I don't want to be that person, and I don't want to fall victim to those things. I want to get home. I want to tell my story. I want my story to be told the right way. And if God blesses me to get home, I want to use my story to help other people that are incarcerated or try to get their story heard for people who don't have a voice such as mine, such as mine that I'm going through right now. That's all I have to say. Uh, thank you, Mr. K. Um, just want to say a few things. Uh, one, Somebody cares. We care. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why we do what we do. That's why we make a platform where you can call in like this and other people can hear. Um, you're not alone. There's a quarter million people just like you who have been wrongfully convicted mm-hmm. in this country. And we're fighting for all of them. Uh, set those people free. Uh, you mentioned a few things. Yes. You mentioned a few, yes, few things that were uh, a very deep. Uh, genocide, for instance, when you say, you know, I'm 28, I want to have a family. People in your conditions don't get the opportunity to have a family, and that's a form of genocide. They're taking you out of that, so you can't have children, uh, and that is a form of genocide. You also talk about how you're working in the bakery for free. That's an $11 billion industry in this country where a lot of the money goes directly into the prison's pocket. They don't have to pay a salary for somebody because they got you and they can force you to work or coerce you to work day in and day out. And if you refuse to do it, you suffer for it. You're punished for it. And that's what we want to make illegal. Yeah. You might get years on your sentence at it uh, by not being able to get parole or probation. And you're facing 50 years. And if that's not coercion, I don't know what is. And we're trying to make that illegal so that for the first time in American history, that can be challenged without an exception clause in a constitution. So have some hope, brother. Uh, we are That's doing great. everything we can on our side to make this happen, and we've got made great strides in getting this done. So, yes, have some hope. And thank you for calling in. Thank you, Jamelia, for facilitating that. Right, right. Keep the faith. All right. That's the um, main thing. Keep thank you faith. so much. I appreciate you doing this. Amen, brother. Thank you. Uh, we've got about 20 minutes left. 
There's a mm-hmm. couple of things that I still want to share before we uh, finished our season finale for 2023. And one of them, I think, just kind of carries on this whole conversation that we've been having. Back right. in June, uh, June 6th of 2023, uh, New York uh, State Senator Zelenor uh, Myrie made a speech in New York, in New York, <laughs> before right. the Senate there. And this speech was just, it's just amazing, you know, and it shows how far the conversation has gone. This isn't, you know, Kentucky talking. This is New York talking, <laughs> just like it's California talking, you know, and all these major states. So let's listen to uh, Senator Zelnor Y. Myrie from his June 6, 2023 testimony on New York abolition legislation. And that's going to be followed by Saul Williams' list of demands. Uh, and a clip also from Sandy Darity on reparations. You listen to Abolition Today, abolitiontoday.org with our season finale for 2024 season four. And we've got a lot of friends and family on the line. Uh, please mute your phones during the tracks and just unmute them afterwards. We'll be right back after this. Abolition, Abolition. Today. Every single New Yorker should know that we still have slavery on the phone. And every single New Yorker should have the opportunity to vote to remove that stain from our Constitution. So I am incredibly proud to stand here not only as a representative of many formerly incarcerated individuals, but as someone who taught in our correctional facilities, someone who had students that made driver's license plates for cents an hour the best humans I've ever known. Today, we start the process to stand up for true justice in this state, to remove this original sin from our Constitution, and to allow New Yorkers to say we will end slavery in this state once and for all. I vote in the affirmative. Thank you, Mr. President.
euthanasia buffering. We aim to remember what we choose to forget. God's sister baby and a diaper as well. Call the police, I'm trapped to the One of the reasons you have this vocal opposition to uh, to the content of what is being taught in our schools, uh, the so-called the opposition to so-called critical race theory, is precisely because as Americans learn more and more about the history of atrocities in the United States, an accurate history of those atrocities, they are more inclined to say that reparations for black American descendants of U.S. slavery is an appropriate step that the nation ought to take. Well, you just heard New York Senator Zelnor Myrie on June 6, 2023, their testimony on New York abolition legislation, and that was accompanied by and followed by Saul Williams' list of demands and the clip of Sandy Darity on reparations. Welcome back to Abolition Today, abolitiontoday.org, with Max Parthas and Yusuf Hassan, with the whole host of family and friends on the line with us as well, to our season finale. Uh, I, in response to that track, or in, or in comment to that track, I also want to mention two of episodes that was like I felt were really great for this season, where we dealt with Juneteenth and reparations. We know that this, these topics come up a lot, especially when we're talking about abolishing slavery. People talk about abolish. They talk about reparations and Juneteenth. So definitely check out uh, episode 18. That was with uh, Jamal Basile Bradley. He, I, I consider him the foremost person to speak about Juneteenth and he, from a slavery abolitionist perspective. And also, Season 4, Episode 19, dealing with reparations from a slavery abolitionist perspective with Chris Chris uh, Lodson. So definitely check those out, Max. Oh, yeah, those were uh, great, great programs. Um, man, uh, the senator drop, was dropping it hot. <laughs> Again, this is the largest right. states in the union. We're talking like 40 million people being represented. And this is what the legislators are speaking on. 
in these mm-hmm. states. This is not a game. You know, we are all over this country now with international implications that are happening. Um, you know, and they, they're doing a lot to fight against us. They're silencing us uh, on social media. Unless you mm-hmm. go check my page, you probably won't see anything I put out. You know what I mean? Right. I'm so far down on the algorithm. That Man, the algorithm is, is really attacking you. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I, I don't even know what to do in that case. Uh, but from this platform, people are certainly listening. Speaking of, we got another caller. So uh, let's go ahead and bring in 6285. Jeanette, is that you? Hey, Jeanette. Jeanette is an abolition today team member. I'm loving it. Congratulations on all that you guys have done. I'm just thrilled to be a teeny tiny small part of it. And um, I can't say how proud of you all I am and everything that you've done and everything that I've watched you guys accomplish. Just applause all around. And that includes all the people that have called in, Tribal and Sharon and Jamelia and Clarence and Mr. K and everybody. This show is so wonderful, and I try to tell everyone about it and – I would just want to say a couple of things um, um, that I've thought about over the course of time that I've been doing this with you guys. As I had asked you guys, um, well, asked Max if I could ask how you guys got money to do everything that you do. And Max said, well, you know, sometimes we could get a grant or two here or there, but most of the time we're taking it out of our own pocket. And I know not once have you, either one of you, asked for a dime from anybody. So I asked Max if I could make that little clip that you guys hear at the end of the show sometimes. And that's just because I think that if some of the listeners knew how hard you guys really, truly work, not just on this show, but everything that you're doing across the nation, and knowing that it's not only costing you your time and, and effort and energy, but it's costing you money as well, that maybe some people would want to chip in, help out if they can, $2, $5, $10, $20, whatever they could afford. So that's one thing. And another was just that, you know, people feel like that maybe they can't do anything because they can't be Max Parthas or Yusuf Hassan. And sometimes you can do just little small things like I do, posting stuff to the Facebook page for the show. And Mm -hmm. Max kind of gave me that job a while back, and it makes me feel like I'm doing something to help out and frees up a little more time. So for him or Yusuf, so I'd ask people to offer your assistance to, to Max and Yusuf and, you know, everybody that's doing this hard work see what you can do, see how you can contribute, even if it's a small amount. And just that in the show is fantastic, and I love every bit of it. You guys know after the shows, I'm usually saying that's my favorite show. Yeah, best show ever. (laughs) (laughs) I always say that. So I'm not going to pick one, but uh, I, I will just say that I do love when the people call in from behind the walls, that that is special and that the things we're talking about children 
uh, that tends to tug at my heartstrings, and I love the music, and I love when Tribal Rain does spoken words, so shout out to Tribal. Mm. I wish you would do more of that, and uh, that's oh, about it. We definitely include the spoken word. You just heard some of it with uh, Saul Williams, one of our most notable spoken word artists, that's right. uh, and listed demands. So, you know, that's one of the things about me um, that I think uh, I bring to this to make it a little more, more unique is I'm a lifelong member of the spoken word community, and everything I hear is poetry to me. And, you know, I, like these speeches, I'll snatch it out and remix it and add some music to it, and it sounds like a damn poem or a song because it's spoken word, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I think those make us stand out a little bit more. You, you're not going to hear anything like that elsewhere. You might hear some music in the backdrop, but they're not really trying to make it hot for you. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. Yeah. Thank you, Jeanette. Thank you very much. Oh, you're Jeanette welcome. Is, Thank you, guys. Uh, we appreciate like the said, work you do. She is a member okay. of the team. And I think we got another team member that's on the line, too. Let's that's go ahead right. And see. 3251, you are on Abolition Today. Is that Sean? Yes. Hey, Max. Hey, Yusuf. How you guys hey, doing? Hey, what's going on, Sean? Not much. I just wanted to um, say a few words before this episode ends. This is probably going to be my favorite episode because there's, there's such a community here that it's just like it's it's great to be a part of this and i also just want to mention it takes so much effort in the current context to step outside of the current movement you know to step outside of this country you know and to step outside of the current circle you moment you should make your daddy idea. happy and call into the show we can hear you travel ray <laughs> <laughs> she home extorting people <laughs> that's probably talking to danny probably danny <laughs> yeah great sean yeah, I was just saying that. I mean, just it's just I respect so much how you step outside of the historical moment, like the contemporary moment, and how you, you know, step outside this country and you know, um, just educate all of us. You know, like, and I think I don't know if there's anything this season, but I, I do like the global type of, um, you know, because the global type of episodes. Because um, I don't think you can really talk about crimes against humanity without talking about the global community and talking about the historical context of, you know how these things developed last century um, with World War II before that as well, um, and applying that to our, this country. <laughs> so I guess that is what I, I want to say for Thank you part. very much, Sean. Uh, appreciate you. You've been rolling with us for a couple of years. So for those who are just hearing this program for the first time, as they said, we do a lot more than just – a podcast, you know, we're actively involved in making the changes. I'm the national campaign coordinator for the Abolish Slavery National Network, for instance, so I go out as a spokesman for them doing the work. I'm directly involved in writing the bills. Uh, Yusuf is running the campaign in North Carolina, for instance. He's also a founding member of the ASNN. So this is the voice of that movement, you know, we keep you up to date, and we teach you about history as well as prepare you for the future and, and tell you what's happening in the present. And the future is the class of 2024 coming up, 16 states plus D.C., and they're about to shake things up. Uh, anybody want to make any other comments before I get into our, our final track for the evening? Just one other thing for Sean. Sean has been instrumental in getting some of our – all of our guests are important, but some of our biggest, I mean, we're talking the Queen of Benin, uh, yes. Dr. Joy and James. Joy James. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just huge. Yeah. In, they in knew Sean before they knew us. us. 
<laughs> yeah. Right. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate that. Thank you. And also, it's, um, I was going to say this a time when abolition is kind of taking a turn in the academy. <laughs> you know, like this is going to be very important. Like speaking of the future, like there's definitely people who are kind of jumping in the movement, but not really doing it the way you guys do, not doing it as well as, as you guys do. So, um, yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of that comes from the different narratives, you know, like we're not all on the same page when it comes to this issue of the criminal justice system. Uh, During the antebellum period, one thing for sure everybody agreed on is that they were fighting legalized slavery. There was nobody that was like, no, this ain't slavery. This is something Mm -hmm. else. Right. But in this age, we're like, well, this is uh, something that we can deal with through criminal justice reform. You tweak it here, you tweak it there, and we can fix some of this stuff over time, a lot of time. Um, and the others is like, well, no, we got to de- abolish all prisons and all courts and all cops. And all, you know, they want to abolish the systems and the, and, the, and the buildings and stuff like that. And then you got others who are out there saying, well, no, you know, this is really just about labor, and that's all. <laughs> you know, if we paid you guys, would it be okay then? And, and we've actually heard representatives tell us that. What if we just paid a minimum wage? Would that solve your problem? Uh, making it all about labor. And then, of course, there's us who see this thing holistically on a global level and know exactly what we're dealing with. And we all got to get on the same page because those perspectives – on one side, you're calling the other side liars. We're saying it's slavery, right. and you're saying it's not slavery. It's some BS that you can fix and tweak or abolish a building or something like that. Mm-hmm. Both of us can't be right. We need to get right. on the same page. So I would say to the other arguments, please check yourself. Check what it is that you're talking about and add this perspective to it so you can look at it in a new light. Amen to that. Because if it ain't slavery, what the hell have we been abolishing all across the country? (laughs) You know, like literally (laughs) abolishing it from the Constitution. If it ain't slavery, then what is it? Please tell me. And that's what the Constitution calls it. And also, too, it seems like it comes to as a policy issue and not a crime against humanity. So it's a a couple notches down from what we're fighting against. You know, change this policy, change that policy, whereas a crime against humanity is, you know, Apple's importance. You know, um, I do think we're going to have to kill a puppy here tonight, Yusuf. <laughs> so we'll kill no, this puppy. No puppies here. have been harmed in the recording of this broadcast, if there are any PETA <laughs> members out there. <laughs> it's just a phrase what, what, that we use. Yeah, what that means is, it's probably self-evident, but what it means is that we always come with a little bit more than we need. And one of them has to go, one or two of them has to go before the program is over. You know, we try to get our timing right. So we call that killing puppies because it's like getting rid of good friends and, you know, killing your puppy. You know what I mean? Like, you love it. It's great. You want to hear it. But you ain't got enough time. They ain't got enough time. We ain't got enough time. But we do have an amazing um, special presentation. Like, we always say that about the Bridging the Gaps. But this week, we have a uh, premiere uh, official premiere of a speech that has never before been recorded or put on video. So I'm looking forward to that. But before we get there, we got about three or four minutes. Let's get any final comments from our followers. 
Yeah, your lines are all open. Uh, please keep it brief. Very, very brief. Sorry. I'm glad to know that the genis- there is a genocide because they're taking our men, and we really have to fight as women. So really, women stay in the fight. And don't forget our sisters, our girlfriends, your future friends that are in there locked up under unjustified, unlegal reasons. Abolition right. today rules. <laughs> Thanks, Correa. Right. Anybody else? Keep the faith. Dream up about a day. You day and night. Uh, oh, let's go with tribal first, and then Clarence tribal. Okay. Tribal's muted. But of everything the there two of you do, and all the members of ASNN, and let's go forward into 2024 with so many more states jumping on board, mm-hmm. and finally putting an end to modern day slavery. There it is. Amen to that. Anybody else? Anybody else? I think. Uh, I think this, I think this, this person wants to say something. Six two one. I think Clarence was next. Okay. That's all right. Uh, I just wanted uh, to say I love you guys and keep up the good work. Thank thanks, you, Clarence. Clarence. Peace, brother. All right, next caller. Six two one eight. You're on. I guess she didn't want to say anything. All right. Oh, okay. Oh, that's me, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I was zoning out here. This, uh, this has been my favorite show. That's all I got to say. They're always my all right, favorite Jeanette. show. Um, oh, that's Jeanette on uh, 6285. Thanks, Jeanette. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, unless we have any more, I'm going to give a special gift before Let's we see. close out. That's it. All right. That's it. All right. I'm going to close this out with a poem. With some spoken. And this is not my poem. I will tell you who it is at the end. It's called I Saw Freedom. Come on and tell us, what did you see? What was your last vision, the saints asked of me? I saw purple shadows over reddened skies. I saw white silhouettes with ghostly eyes. I saw my old mother's face etched in pain. I saw my children turn away from the widening stain of my blood seeping into the dirt. I saw my wife's horror as they led her away, and I wondered with agony if she joined me that day. I saw the flimsy hut where I lived out my life, and once more my eyes rested on the face of my wife. I saw tears of rage from my father. I saw the hatred swell inside my son. I saw the crazed frenzy of my killers and wondered, what had I done? I saw the sun fall from the heavens. I saw the shadow of night. I saw the angels from above amidst the welcoming light. I saw the open arms of Jesus. I saw my God on his throne. I saw the pearly gates open wide to usher me home. This is what I saw before old Gabriel took me away from the mighty oak branches of the hanging tree. That day, I saw freedom. Tribal Rain, copyright 2004. Wow. Wow. 
great season. Thank you, brother, for being by my side throughout this. Thank you to everybody sure. who has supported us along the way. We'll see you in 20, or I'll see you in 2025. We'll have nothing but replays of the new breed, uh, those people who are running campaigns across the country, until we come back in January. Yusuf? So we definitely want to thank everyone that called in, everyone that's been our listeners, supporters. We want to thank our sponsors and partners, Jailhouse Lawyers Speak, the Iron Wheel Ubuntu Prison Advocacy Network, SAMA Urge, that's Quakers Uplifting Racial Justice, the Paul Cuffey Abolitionist Center, Prismatic Dreams, and the Abolish Slavery National Network. Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel and Facebook page, you know, youtube.com slash abolition today. Facebook is uh, abolition today. Follow us on Twitter at abolition today, the number one. We're available on all major podcast platforms and follow the ASNN at abolition nation on all platforms. Our bridging the gap, as Max mentioned, is very special this evening. So in May 1865, William Lloyd Garrison announced that he would resign the presidency of the American Anti-Slavery Society and offered a resolution declaring victory in the struggle against slavery and dissolving the society. Frederick Douglass said he ain't trying to hear none of that. Frederick Douglass gave his famous speech on the 13th Amendment, and this past August 26th, one day before the third anniversary of the formation of the Abolished Slavery National Network, Kim Ray from Together Colorado, Kamal Allen, Isabel Kennan from Illinois, or Kamal's from uh, Denver, myself from North Carolina, Savannah Eldridge from Texas, Ophelia Burnett from New Hampshire, Lee McNeil, also Together Colorado, Dennis Febo, New Jersey, Curtis Davis, Louisiana, Antone Henshard, New Jersey, Miss Sharon Bridgeforth, Colorado, Vicki Wright, Colorado, and Max Parthas in South Carolina got together at Brother Jeff's Cultural Center in the historical Five Points District in Denver, Colorado, to read an excerpt of Frederick Douglass's speech in opposition to disbanding the, the American Anti-Slavery Society. This is an exclusive premiere that you will not hear anywhere else. So that is tonight's Bridging the Gap. We'll be back live next, or not next Sunday, but Sunday, January 7th, with the season five premiere. And just as a heads up, every week, still tune in, because you'll get to hear a rebroadcast of episodes from this season. So until then, think about abolition today. Peace and blessings be upon you all. Peace. Abolition. Abolition. William Lloyd Garrison moved at his convention for the disbanding of the American Anti-Slavery Society on the grounds that the passage of the 13th Amendment abolishing slavery by Congress in February of 1865 and its certain ratification by a sufficient number of states. The abolition of slavery was now in sight and the goal of the organization reached. Frederick Douglass, prophetically, in a response speech the next day, said, in effect, not so fast, the job of the abolitionist is not done. 
Here is a portion of his speech read by the members of the Abolish Slavery National Network in Denver, Colorado. The first state since 1854 to abolish slavery without an exceptional clause allowing the enslavement as a punishment for crime. I do not wish to appear here in any fault-finding spirit or as an impugner of the motives of those who believe that the time has come for society to respect. I am conscious of no suspicion of the purity and excellence of the motives that animate the president of the society, William Lloyd Garrison, and other gentlemen who are in favor of its disband. I take this ground. Whether this constitutional amendment the 13th is law or not, whether it has been ratified by a sufficient number of states to make it law or not, I hold that the work of abolitionists is not done. Even if every state in the Union had ratified that amendment, while the black man is confronted in the legislation staffed by the word white, our work as abolitionists, as I conceive it, is not done. I took the ground last night that the South, by unfriendly legislation, could make our liberty under that provision a delusion, a mockery, and a snare, and I hold that ground now. What advantage is a provision like this amendment to the black man if the legislature of any state can tomorrow declare that no black man's testimony shall be received in a court of law? Where are we then? Any wretch may enter the house of a black man and commit any violence he pleases. If he happens to do it only in the presence of black persons, he goes unwitting of justice. And don't tell me that those people down there have become so just and honest all at once that they will not pass laws denying to black men the right to testify against white men in the courts of law. Why? Our northern states have done it. Illinois, Indiana, and Ohio have done it. Here, in the midst of institutions that are God's work from Oldham and Rock, the black man has been excluded from testifying in the courts of law. And if legislature of every southern state tomorrow passed a law declaring that no Negro shall testify in any court of law, they will not violate that provision of the Constitution. Such laws exist now in the South, and they might exist under this provision of the Constitution that there shall be neither slavery nor involuntary servitude except as punishment for a crime in any state of the Union. Slavery is not abolished until the black man has the ballot. While the legislatures of the South retain the right to pass laws making any discrimination between black and white, slavery still lives there. As Edmund Quincy once said, while the word white is on the statute book of Massachusetts, Massachusetts is a slave state. While the black man can be turned out of a car in Massachusetts, Massachusetts is a slave state. While the slave can be taken from old Massachusetts, Massachusetts is a slave state. That is what I heard Edmund Quincy say 23 or 24 years ago. I never forgot such a thing. Now, while the black man can be denied a vote, while the legislatures of the South can take from him the right to keep and bear arms, as they can, they would not allow a Negro to walk with a cane where I came from. They would not allow five of them to assemble together the work of the abolitionists is not finished. Notwithstanding the provision in the Constitution of the United States that the right to keep and bear arms shall not be 
a bridge. The black man has never had the right either to keep or bear arms, and the legislatures of the state will still have the power to forbid it under this amendment. They carry on a system of unfriendly legislation, and will they not do it? Have they not got prejudice there to do it? Think you that because they are for the moment in the talents of the weak and our glorious people, instead of the slave being there, as they carry on a system of unfriendly legislation, and will they not do it? Have they not got prejudice there to do it? Think you that because they are for the moment in the talents of the weak and our glorious people, instead of the slave being there, as formerly, that they are converted? I hear of the loyalty of Wilmington, the loyalty of South Carolina. What is it worth? Not a straw. They are loyal while they see 200,000 stable soldiers with glistening bayonets walking in their midst. But let the civil power of the South be restored and the old prejudices and hostility to the Negro will revive. I, the very fact that the Negro has been used to defeat this rebellion and strike down the standards of the Confederacy will be a stimulus to all their hatred, to all their malice, and lead them to legislate with a greater stringency towards this class than ever before. The American people are bound by their sense of honor. I hope by their sense of honor, at least by a just sense of honor, to extend the franchise to the Negro. I was going to say that the abolitionists of the American Anti-Slavery Society were bound to stand still and see the salvation of God until that work is done. Where shall the black man look for support? My friend, if the American Anti-Slavery Society fails. From whence shall we expect a certain sound from the trumpet of freedom? When the old pioneer, when his society that has survived mobs and martyrdom and the combined efforts of priestcraft and statecraft to suppress it, shall all at once subside on the mere intimation that the Constitution has been amended so that neither slavery nor involuntary servitude except as a punishment to our crime shall hereafter be allowed in this land? What did the slaveholders of Richmond say to those who objected to arming the Negro on the ground that it would make him a free man? Why, they said, the argument is absolute. We may make these Negroes fight for us, but while we retain the political power of the South, we can keep them in their subordinate position. That was the argument, and they were right. They might have employed the Negro to fight for them, and while they retained in their hands power to exclude him from political rights, they could have reduced him to a condition similar to slavery. They would not call it slavery for some other name. Slavery has been fruitful in giving itself names. It has been called the peculiar institution, the social system, and the impediment, as it was called by the General Conference of the Methodist Episcopal Church. It has been called by a great many names, and it will call itself by yet another and you and I and all of us had better wait and see what new form this old monster will assume and what new skin this old snake will come forth. Frederick Douglass, May 1865. Abolition, every day.
program to bring you a special report. If we'd known you all were going to be this much trouble, we would have picked our own fucking cotton. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.